Voice of Hope podcast. Conversations, stories, advice from the autism community for the autism community. Welcome everyone to our Peace of Hope podcast. Thank you for tuning in again this week. We have Caitlin, our case manager here at Apple Seeds, to talk about Medicaid. Hi, guys. As of January 1st, 2018, Georgia Medicaid started covering ABA services. So Caitlin is here to talk to us about what is Medicaid, how do you qualify, how to find a real provider. I'm just going to let you take it away, Caitlin. Wonderful. So um, let's talk with first what is Medicaid and how is it such a benefit for families with children with autism. Um, So Medicaid is a state and federal funded program um, that provides health coverage if you have a low income. Um, So I know some families are probably like, oh, that, you know, absolutely will help me out or I knew that or some families are like, well, I never even thought about it because of low income. But the great thing about it is because they're covering Um, ABA and these services for children with autism is they actually have some of these other programs that will actually help families um, out in terms of covering therapies and things along those lines. So qualifying may be having a low income, but it could also mean having a disability. And so there's different ways to kind of go about Medicaid, and it can be such a benefit and a financial assistance for these kids who have so many therapies. That's a great point. When a family has a child with autism and their child needs to be in therapy 30, 40 hours a week, that's going to add up pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. And Medicaid is there and it can be used um, as both a primary and a secondary insurance. So you may have a primary insurance, but you may be able to use it as a secondary to help kind of pick up some of those costs. Um, So it's a really good benefit that I think some families um, could explore a little bit more because it can help with these additional costs. So let's talk about primary versus secondary and make sure people understand what that means. So if I already have Aetna health insurance, what does it mean to have Medicaid as a secondary insurance? Pretty much what that means, and this is you know my understanding of it, is that they would bill your primary insurance first, and then any costs that would incur after that would then be billed to your secondary insurance for them to provide the coverage from whatever is left over there. So it's just kind of a second pickup. Um, for the additional costs that your primary may not necessarily cover. So that's going to be really helpful in terms of paying that deductible, if you have any co-insurance, any co-payments, things like that. You can also listen to our podcast from last week with Andrew, where we go into a lot of that terminology and how those authorizations and billing work. So let's talk about um, the different CMOs of Medicaid. It's not just Medicaid in Mm -hmm. the state of Georgia. What's out there for families? So absolutely. So again, from our understanding, Standing is when you know you apply for Medicaid. There's sometimes you get the straight Medicaid, which is what they refer to as if you have the Medicaid from the um, like Georgia Medicaid program. But other companies have actually reached out to assist with helping provide this coverage for families because there is such a need. So there's groups called like Amere Group, WellCare, Peach State, Care Source, and those are the other ones that'll actually. Um, work as a Medicaid, but they may be under a different name. Um, It runs through the same kind of system, but they are kind of each their own little company. So the application process, you do renew and things like that, and you can sometimes pick between the different ones. Um, They are also just a benefit in terms of the whole Medicaid system. They do provide that coverage. Where can people find more information on these CMOs and how to apply for Medicaid? Absolutely. I always direct everybody to the Georgia Medicaid website. Um, They definitely have a lot more information. They actually have, like, frequently asked questions for members. Um, It has, you can literally just 
search Georgia Medicaid and it says, how do I apply? How do I qualify? And it goes into all the specifics of what you actually need and what you need to apply. Um, and you can even go to the Georgia Medicaid office um, and apply as well in person if that's easier. So a lot of families might say, I think I make too much money to even apply for Medicaid. What is another way they might be able to qualify? Oh, 100%. So there is, you know, the income requirement that sometimes limits some people for Medicaid, but there's also a program called the Katie Beckett Waiver. And for children with disabilities, it's actually a grant-based program that's designed to assist families that may not meet that income requirement, but also still need that therapy assistance because their child has this disability and all these therapy needs, and it does become costly. It's a little bit more of a process to apply. Um, You definitely have to do a little bit more proving that you have a need, Um, but it's available and it is, it provides the same assistance if you qualify for it. And the great thing about all of this is that now ABA is covered under Peach State and Mary Group Care Source Well Care and Katie Beckett. You can use this health care coverage to help pick up those costs of your child being an ABA, but also for other therapies as well, just mm-hmm. for those that are listening, um, especially if you're newly diagnosed. This can also help cover the cost of speech, OT, anything like that, um, as long as you get it all approved. So let's talk about that for a minute. The requirements for an authorization for Medicaid is a little bit trickier mm-hmm. than some of the other insurance companies that we've dealt with. Yeah, and what we've just found is with Medicaid covering it, um, we have a lot of these families that have come with these um, diagnoses of autism that may have come from a pediatrician, but they may not necessarily be a formal diagnosis. And that's something that I feel like has been a little bit of a barrier for some families trying to get ABA therapy, and I think that's been kind of the focus of you know, what I want to make sure families know is what exactly do you need for this Medicaid requirement? Um, And the first thing is going to be specific to the diagnosis. They're going to want a formal report. They're going to want to see that your child has a diagnosis with a medical code. And what is a medical code? That's going to be some, a letter with some fun, funky numbers after it. So autism a lot of times is F84.0. But Medicaid also covers it for a couple other diagnoses as well um, that include Rett's syndrome, Asperger's syndrome, pervasive of developmental disorder. So there's different codes. You can actually find it directly on the Medicaid website of what they cover for diagnoses. But they want that to be seen in the report. And it has to come from a medical provider and it has to have a signature. They're just little particular things that they want to make sure that they have on that report. So the diagnosis code, the signature, and Mm -hmm. from a qualified professional. Yes. And then they want to see the last thing that's probably the most complicated thing is they want to see what tools they use to diagnose. So this is where you run into issues if like a pediatrician just diagnoses your child or um, a psychologist just says, oh yeah, I think I think they have it, um, and you start trying to pursue these services, is you have to show what they use to diagnose the child. And that's going to look in terms of a lot of different acronyms, which we can go into kind of what the names of each of those are um, that they look for and will approve. Yes. What can families request when they're getting their diagnosis? What tools are approved by Medicaid? Yeah. So the biggest one that they definitely look for is called the ADOS. It stands for the Autism Diagnostic Observation Schedule. Um, And that's just a typical assessment that um, a psychologist or a physician can do that looks at age, developmental level, and language skills, and they look at different aspects. Um, This also will provide like a level of autism when they do this diagnosis, and that's something that Medicaid likes as well, is to level the child in terms of their severity. Um, Another one they'll accept is the CARS. So that sounds exactly like the letters of a CAR. Um, But it's the Childhood Autism Rating Scale. 
Um, it's also a second version, so it's the CARS-2, and that's just another tool that can help them distinguish from dis- developmentally disabled children who may not be autistic versus autis- autistic children or children with autism. And then the last one um, that they also look for is the GARS, and that's G-A-R-S, too. Um, and again, that's the Gilliam Autism Rating Scale. So these are just random tools that they want to see that the physician has gone through to confirm that the child has an autism diagnosis. So we have the ADOS-2, mm-hmm. the CARS, and the GARS. And the GARS, <laughs> yeah. And they don't have to have all of them. They just have to have at least one of them. But sometimes if you do a formal, full psychological evaluation, they're going to do more than one kind of tool just to confirm it. Um, but those are definitely some acronyms that you want to look at in terms of making sure that your report's going to have everything that it needs um, to get that ABA therapy authorization. And if you're looking for this information in writing, maybe you're headed over to your pediatrician or psychologist. Caitlin has also written a blog that outlines all of this information that you can find on our website as well, um, just to have it in writing. Sometimes it's hard to remember all of these things once you actually get to the psychologist's office. Yeah. The letters, they all tend to blur together sometimes. (laughs) What else do families need to know in terms of requirements? Yeah. So in addition to just having this really full diagnostic report, Medicaid also wants to see all different types of documents. They want to see your current IEP from school if your child's in school. Um, If they're not in school or they're in, like, the Babies Can't Wake program, the ISFP, which is the Individualized Family Service Plan. They want to look at those kind of things. They like to have a referral from a physician. Any of those additional types of documents are really helpful in terms of uh, providing that support of your child needing the therapy. I think that's great advice for families that are newly diagnosed. You want to keep every piece of paper. Mm -hmm. You want to keep all of your documents as organized as possible when you're looking for coverage, um, whether it's with a commercial insurance carrier or Medicaid, primary or secondary. They're going to want to see all of that documentation. And the more readily you can provide it to your ABA provider, the faster you're going to be able to, you know, get the authorization so your child can begin services. Well, is there anything else families need to know? No, I think that once, you know, you've secured your first authorization, just know that for ABA, it's it's for a six-month period. Um, so that's good. And then once you get through all this paperwork and you submit, you have these services approved for six months, you will have to go through the process and they will sometimes request for you to have an updated diagnosis, maybe more frequently than you would naturally want to have it done. So um, they have limitations in terms of every few years they're going to want to see that updated psychological evaluation just to make sure that your child still has is meeting the, you know, the needs and gets the therapy that they need. That medical necessity. Yes, still looking for that medical necessity. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you everyone for joining us. This was short and sweet, um, but we just wanted to give families some more insight into Medicaid, especially because Georgia Medicaid is covering ABA, which is awesome. Thank you mm-hmm. to everyone that helped push that through. Um, and that has been great for all of our families. And I know there's a lot of families listening that will also be able to utilize that. So thank you so much for everyone for joining. Join us next week. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to a Peace of Hope podcast. To learn more about Peace of Hope or to donate to a Peace of Hope scholarship fund, visit appleseasaba.com forward slash Peace of Hope. Join us next week for more stories, conversations, and advice from the autism community for the autism community.